0: Hello and welcome to The Family Planning Files, a podcast developed by the National Clinical Training Center for Family Planning. I'm your host, Katherine Atchison. In our podcast today, part of our ongoing series, Coding with Anne, will be discussing best practices for billing and coding for IUD-related services. Our speaker, Anne Finn, is a healthcare reimbursement consultant and national trainer with many reproductive healthcare organizations and leads her own company, Anne Finn Consulting, LLC. Welcome back to the podcast, Anne. Thank you, Catherine. Welcome to our new listeners and welcome
1: back if you have listened to other podcasts in our Coding with Anne series. We're excited to offer these focused coding sessions to provide you with some tips and guidance to ensure you are able to effectively capture and code your services, resulting in both appropriate and timely reimbursement. Today's podcast will focus on coding for IUD services, including insertions, removals, and reinsertions. So let's take a look at our first visit. Monica presents at your clinic seeking birth control as a new patient. She is not sure what method of contraception she would like. So she and the clinician discuss the variety of birth control methods available, their effectiveness and the potential side effects. After discussing these options, Monica decides she would like the IUD. Monica is sexually active and is given a urine pregnancy test which is negative. The clinician is then able to successfully insert the IUD during this visit. So let's think about what codes we would need to be appropriately reimbursed for all services. First, let's deal with the contraceptive options counseling portion of the visit. We want to capture the counseling portion of the visit that is separate and distinct from the insertion procedure. We would code an office or outpatient problem-oriented evaluation and management or E&M code from the series 99202 through 99215 based on either the clinician's total time on the date of the encounter that is documented in the chart note or the medical decision-making or MDM involved to determine a plan of care. Using time for EM code selection is common in the family planning context since many of our visits are spent counseling the patient on family planning and risk reduction and may be lengthy. Remember to include all the clinician's time, including pre and post visit on the date of the encounter, such as reviewing labs and prior visit notes, charting the current visit and ordering contraceptives and medications to ensure you pick the highest optimal code. But remember to not double count the time for the insertion or procedure that is separately reported. That's a big change in the updated 2021 EM guidelines. If Monica had a well woman visit today or a checkup, we might code a preventive E&M instead using the CPT codes 99381 through 99397, which are based on the patient's age and if they are considered a new versus established patient to the practice. Check out our other podcasts available in the series to learn more about E&M coding under the 2021 updated guidelines and how to use time and medical decision-making appropriately. We would typically support the contraceptive counseling or e service with the ICD-10 code Z30.09 for general contraceptive options and family planning counseling that is separate and distinct from the insertion. It's also important that the biller adds a modifier 25 to the e code to tell the payer this service was separate and distinct from the insertion procedure and that the clinician's documentation supports the medical necessity of billing for both a medical visit and a procedure on the same day. Without the appended modifier, an E&M will often go unpaid, resulting in an unintended revenue loss. Next, in order to get paid for the insertion procedure, we need to capture the CPT code 58300 for the IUD insertion, along with the ICD code Z30.430, and counter for IUD insertion.
0: So how are the IUD devices themselves captured for billing purposes?
1: Great question, Katherine. In order to get paid for the IUD device, which we all know are very expensive to stock, we would also include the HCPCS supply code on the claim. If the IUD was purchased through the Federal Outpatient Drug Discount 340B program, make sure you follow the program and pay your guidelines, which may include special modifiers to indicate 340B. There are currently five types of IUDs and each device has a unique HICPIC supply code that are reported separate from the procedure. That's J7296 for Kylina, J7297 for Liletta, J7298 for the Morena IUD, J7300, which describes the copper Paragard IUD, and finally J7301 for the Skyla brand. Remember the supply code J7302 for Morena was retired back in 2016. If you bill the J7302 now, which every once in a while I still do see, you will most likely receive no reimbursement and lose out on valuable revenue to your practice. Don't forget to include your point of care tests such as a urine pregnancy test, HIV rapid test, or wet mounts that are done during a visit on the claim. Typically you will be reimbursed for the point of care tests you provide directly. However, the outside laboratory may bill the payer direct for the lab testing you send to them such as chlamydia and gonorrhea testing. Generally, you would not need to report the send out tests on your claim if this is the case, but sometimes you do pay the lab direct for the test in which case you would want to include them on the billable claim. For today's visit, we would include CPT code 81025 for the urine pregnancy test, along with the ICD code Z32.02 for the negative result. ACOG, or the American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, summarized for us when to code and bill for separate and distinct medical visits from a procedure, such as an IUD insertion, for reference. So, first, they outlined if all contraceptive options are discussed and an implant or IUD is inserted, an EM service may be reported depending on the documentation. Second, if the patient comes into the office and states, I want an IUD, followed by a brief discussion of the benefits and risks and the insertion, then an EM service is not always reported. And third, if the patient comes in for another reason and during the same visit the procedure is performed, then both the E&M service code and the procedure may be reported.
0: What if Monica is having an IUD inserted and the clinician needs to stop the procedure due to her being in severe pain or the device is somehow unusable, say, missing a string? Yes, in this case, we
1: would still bill for the procedure, but again, we need to append a modifier to tell the payer, hey, we attempted the procedure, we did a lot of work, but we needed to stop. By appending a modifier 52 or 53 for a reduced or discontinued service to the LARP procedure CPT code and coding an ICD-10 code to explain any complications, a payer may often reimburse a significant portion of the expected payment for a failed insertion. If you bill for a full insertion and then the patient presents for a second attempt at a follow-up visit, a payer may reject the second claim in full as a duplicate service. Separately, not all payers will reimburse from multiple LARC devices due to service limits. So check with the payer for their policies along with contacting the manufacturer for a replacement device. On another note, if Monica presents wanting emergency contraception or EC and has a copper ParaGuard IUD inserted as EC, we would bill the IUD insertion procedure code and the copper IUD device but well, we would also add the ICD code Z30.012 encounter for emergency contraception.
0: How do clinicians code for IUD removals?
1: CPT code 58301 is used for the IUD removal along with the ICD code Z30.432 for encounter for IUD removal. So if Monica is interested in becoming pregnant, and is counseled about timing intercourse to achieve pregnancy and preconception care, then we would also include the ICD-10 code Z31.69 for procreative counseling and advice. If she starts another contraceptive method, we would wanna document and code for the additional services and contraception if dispensed along with the removal to ensure appropriate reimbursement of all the services.
0: And what if Monica presents to have her IUD replaced with a new one?
1: Good question.
0: There is no singular CPT
1: code for the IUD removal and reinsertion together. So we do need to report both the CPT code 58301 for the IUD removal and code 58300 for the IUD being reinserted. We need the supply code for the particular IUD device along with the ICD code Z30.433 for encounter for removal and reinsertion of an IUD. It's also important that we append a modifier to a lower paying procedure to tell the payer that there are multiple procedures. Typically, we use a modifier 51 indicating multiple procedures, but be careful and check with your payers first and have billing staff track any nuances. Some of them only accept a modifier 59 to trigger payment. Typically, the first procedure pays 100% and the second is paid at
0: 50%. Are ultrasounds used to check IUD placement subject to codes as well?
1: Yes, that's another good question. It's not common or routine practice to use ultrasound to confirm placement at every visit. However, if an ultrasound is provided to confirm the location and the clinician incurs a difficult IUD placement, like example, severe pain or stenosis, then we would code the CPT code 76857 for an ultrasound pelvic limited or follow-up or a CPT code 76830 ultrasound transvaginal. If we use ultrasound to guide the IUD insertion, we would code the CPT code 76998 for ultrasonic guidance intraoperative. Remember to document and include ICD-10 codes that describe the difficulties encountered to support getting reimbursed for the ultrasound service. Sometimes there are mechanical issues such as IUD devices with broken arms, like you mentioned, or missing strings. If this is the case, we would add an ICD-10 code from the family of codes under T83.3 for mechanical complications of IUDs. So an example of this would be a code T83.32XA for an initial encounter of a displacement of the IUD or missing string. It's a lot to remember, but if you focus on documenting all the services provided and why, then the appropriate coding and reimbursement will follow. If you have any questions on reimbursement, contact your payer directly to discuss and resolve any of the issues. Thanks for joining us today for IUD Coding Best Practices.
0: And thank you, Anne, for joining us today and for sharing your time and expertise. For more content, including previous podcast episodes, search for the family planning files or subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For transcripts transcript of this podcast, visit our website at www.ctcfe.org. While you are there, you can sign up for other events and continuing education opportunities, including our annual conference, as well as our online newsletter, Clinical Connections. You can also follow the National Clinical Training Center for Family Planning on Twitter at nctcfp, all lowercase, and now on LinkedIn. The National Clinical Training Center for Family Planning is funded by the Office of Population Affairs to provide continuing education training, and technical assistance to Title X grantees, subrecipients, and service sites. This activity is supported by DHHS Grant number 1, FPTPA-006031-01-00. The contents of this podcast solely represent the views of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official positions of the Department of Health and Human Services, DHHS, Office of the Assistant Secretary of Health, or OASA, or the Office of Population Affairs, or OPA. No official support or endorsement by DHHS, OASH, and or OPA for the opinions of products described in this podcast is intended or should be inferred. Theme music written by Dan Jones and performed by Dan Jones and the Squids. Either production support provided by the Collaborative to Advance Health Services at the University of Missouri-Kansas City School of Nursing and Health Studies. And finally, thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. We hope that you'll join us next time for another episode of the Family Planning Files.